Hello. It's Christy Gray, your newest hype girl and astrologer. Welcome to the Cosmic Hotline. In this episode, I'm joined by Mel, who submitted a question for a live session. If you haven't tuned into part one, then I'd recommend you start there as we explored the angles and access in astrology. In today's episode, we start by exploring Black Moon Lilith. But before we dive in, Mel and I had a conversation about the strengths and weaknesses we all have. Mel had such a magical perspective on this, so I wanted to leave this in the beginning of the episode. Why? Well, because there are strengths and weaknesses in all of us. Astrology for your higher self isn't about bypassing parts of who you are or your sticking points. It's about knowing that you are just like the moon, no matter what the phase, you are always whole, which begins with self-awareness. There's just some things you can't do yourself. And you can, you can yeah. spend as much time and energy and focus stressing yourself out about those types of weaknesses or those types of not strengths. But at the same time, they're, the, they're things that are really hard to change. Whereas if you focus on the things, you're just going to feel bad about yourself. But if you focus on the things that are your strengths or challenges that you're like, I can rise to, this is something that can change within me because we can all change as well. Mm. But they're the things that really actually move the needle in my life. Whereas focusing on something that I'm yeah. just not, I just don't do naturally, rarely yep. is worth, it's just like pushing a boulder up a hill. It's like, so I've really left that. And I think it's a source of low self-esteem and stress for a lot of people to focus on. Like you hear it in like job interviews or, or like um, performance reviews and things like, I'm not an employee anymore, but like that idea of what are your weaknesses? It's like, no, people really shouldn't be focusing on them. One, they know, but two, like they, unless it's really damaging their life in some way where they have to address it because it's causing a fire. I think it's just really worth focusing on the parts of you that where there is flow and pushing those yeah. much further personal angle on that. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Even the work that I do as an astrologer, I focus on what I'm naturally good at, which is motivating and um, igniting inspiration in others and giving off this vibe of we're going to have a really great time and it's going to be collaborative and you walk away feeling empowered. But don't for one minute think that surface level, it's going to be deep because of my natal chart where I'm just going to pull you into the abyss and we're going to go on this big journey into the stars together. But then you'll walk away and go, what just happened there? It's almost intoxicating, but I want that to be in a way where it's really healthy relationship whether it's the journey we've been on because I think sometimes like you can always have too much of a good thing I never want it to be so intoxicating where you're like oh my god I need more of this but then I also want it to get to a place where you have all of those tools where you don't need me anymore and you can just come to me when you need that spark reignited but you have enough so that you could go I don't actually need to rely on this person um, because I actually have the tools inside of me and I know that I am an empowered enough individual that I can run with anything. I think that comes through so strongly. Like I think you can sit and go deep in those strengths for a long time. If I ever see you like donning the white outfit and becoming a cult leader, I'll, I'll come. <laughs> but until that point, I reckon you can go pretty deep with it. I think yeah. you've got a strong desire for practicality as well. So you actually go deep there and that, I don't know, I feel like it balances itself out. I have so much Virgo on my chart that it pulls me into line anyway. Okay, let's dive into what you're here for, Black Moon Lilith. This point in a natal chart represents the furthest point of the moon's orbit when you came into this world. If you'd like to explore your natal chart and your Black Moon Lilith placement, you'll find a link to a calculator in the show notes below. 
trying to picture on my like I don't know where the where the moon orbits in relation yeah. to where you are in the world. So your moon in your natal chart is at thirteen degrees of Aquarius. Mm. Your Lilith is at five degrees of Scorpio in the ninth okay. house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I feel that. If I'm lying on the grass looking up, yep. Yep. where is Lilith? So it's in the ninth house. It's just before the MC. The best way for me to explain Lilith because of it being the furthest point away from the moon. And the, the moon in astrology is your celestial satellite. It's a luminary. It's how you seek safety and security in the world. It's your emotions. I always say it's your emotional fulfillment. And because it's your celestial satellite, it affects our oceans, tides, our harvests. We really can't survive without the moon. Is no matter what it's near in your natal chart, it's going to amplify. If you think of everything that the moon represents, but then Black Moon Lilith is the opposite of that. Think of it more of the darker side of your personality. It's more of the shadow self. It's the furthest part of that orbit of the moon. So there's nothing shining a light on it. So here's the tea. Arielle Gutman, the astrologer behind Sophia Venus, shares this perspective on Lilith. The story goes that she demanded equality right from the start. When Adam demanded that she be his helpmate, Lilith responded, why should I lie beneath you when I am your equal since both of us were created from dust? As an archetype, Lilith has been depicted as Adam's first wife and referenced as a demon, like WTF, but through an astrology lens, she's a powerful feminine force. She's associated with intuition and hidden knowledge, but the duality of this energy can lead to feelings of shame, persecution, and repression. Plus, there's also a link to sexuality. We view Chiron through a different lens, but both do point to the darker parts of ourselves. We need to heal in order to rise above our pain. So like Chiron is wound and wound forms shadow self. So Lilith is shadow, Chiron, wound. So Chiron is the wounded healer. And so Chiron in Greek mythology is a centaur and he was a maverick teacher that could heal and teach other people, but couldn't heal or teach himself. I I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So I call him the shaman of the zodiac. He's the connector of worlds, meaning he um, blends the metaphysical with the physical. Different to the high priestess in tarot, but more so around your soul issues you need to unlock. That's why his symbol in astrology looks like a key. Yeah, Because it's like, what do you actually need to unlock? Your triggers. And when you're being low vibe generally, and then Chiron is... What strengths have emerged from the trauma that sits behind those triggers? Yeah, okay. Chiron also orbits between Saturn and Uranus. So if you even think of those planets, Saturn's all about the scaffolding of the building. It's the support you need to rebuild. So it is, it rules karma, structure, discipline, time. And then you've got Uranus, which is like a maverick on its own. So even with we think of the orbit of Chiron between these two really key players in the Zodiac, And the energy then this asteroid brings is it's more about how can you face the things that you're ignoring to then rise above them and heal or teach yourself so that then you can impart that wisdom or knowledge onto others. Whereas with Black Moon Lilith, what are those taboo subjects or those buried Uh, wounds or deep-seated things? There is, there's this real hidden um, agenda of some of the 
say, darker sides of your personality that you may not feel comfortable with. Whereas Chiron, maybe at a low vibration, is like when you're teaching but you're not walking the walk. And you'd benefit from walking the walk because you do know but you're not living it. Totally. So for you, you've got Black Moon Lilith in Scorpio and it's in the ninth house. And so being in Scorpio, even if you think of that on its own, you may find yourself getting sucked into other people's narratives. I'm like so hyper aware of it. A funny story on this This feels very relevant. Back in high school, when I went to an all-girls school and when it would happen anyway, but when your cycles sync up with people that are that you're physically closest with for the most time, that essentially whose pheromones you smell also have a womb. And right beforehand, obviously you're very, you're more sensitive. So you're more aware of the things that matter to you, the good and the bad. And I remember it's, it's definitely a time where people might be more inclined to gossip. It's not to say that's never something that I do or anything, but I remember distinctly from high school that for that week before we all got our periods, I would leave my friendship group and hang out with other people because <laughs> I just didn't want to hear it. I just didn't want I just didn't care and I didn't want the vibes of other people's. So I feel that's very Lilithy. <laughs> Maybe high oh. vibe Lilith. But yeah, <laughs> no, that's good. Well, you're putting a boundary up. And I think that's important as a Pisces ascendant is that boundaries in place so that you're not taking on other people's energy. And this is the other thing too, right? I do believe that we do have a natal chart, which yes, is our map of potential, but there's also nature versus nurture. What was the environment that we grew up in and what were we exposed to? And that's also going to shape how your natal chart comes to life. I think that when you have been in situations where you have had to protect your peace or protect your energy. And that shows up into other people's narratives, but I do carry and I have to work so hard to understand this and set boundaries around it. And it is like very much an ongoing journey but to not carry the needs of others and to not not only not put I'm better at putting my needs first now but that's still not the same as feeling the weight and I actually feel it in my body very much like how my shoulders feel at any given time is like in direct proportion to how many needs that aren't mine that I'm carrying that's if they're feeling heavy and sore that's definitely a point in my world where I've been carrying too much and I need to go okay where in my life have I filled my life with others too much and then I just clear it all out <laughs> and my shoulders feel better. That's it. And that's because you've got self-awareness and you're doing the work and you're working with your natal chart. More layers of self-awareness oh. you actually are able to, which is really cool. I love, that's probably one of my favorite things about this. You and I both with this particular placement is, and you might find this shows up in your business, is that being in Scorpio, Scorpio is all about potency, intensity, passion, power. I believe that potential is actually an emotion. It actually behaves the same way as other emotions do. It can be triggered by being in a vulnerable state and it, it flows yep. on to certain behaviors. So the certain beliefs you might have that make you feel purpose. And then once you're feeling purpose, it leads to motivation and all of these other juicy things um, as well. But I definitely have this sense of like when we have an idea, because people talk about the potential, like it's this like one soulmate you'll find, which I don't believe either. And it's oh. just really, it's just not. <laughs> when we have an idea, there's this feeling of this is what it could be. And that's what gets you excited because you sense. And then it's, does that idea actually make it out to a way that honors that feeling? So it's more about that. It's more about, and you don't always want to do that, but do you invest in actually exploring the potential? Because when you do, 
I find that it can be more challenging, but also way more gratifying. And I find playing in that space of more potential, it's not about having potential or not. It's about feeling potential and how it feels. And I think it's a very satisfying kind of feeling to play to yeah, that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Even when we're doing something, like when we're up-leveling, it's not actually what somebody else does for us that creates the feeling of fulfillment or excitement. It's the epiphany we have within ourselves. I think when we take radical responsibility for whatever we're doing and our on our quest of potential or purpose or whatever that looks like, that is the that's the mic drop. Love those words. <laughs> mm, me too. I think to round out our convo on Lilith is being in the ninth house. So ninth house is Jupiter house. So it is, it represents religion and spirituality and also philosophies. And this is maybe how this can show up for you. And I'd love your thoughts on this too, Mel, is that you may have different views on the world that other people don't have. I love question. One of my, it is my number one value and it's been my number one value as long as I've been self-aware. So in general, like my values can shift and change a little bit over time or maybe in what order. But unique thinking has always been number one. So I love it in others. I'm the person that will, and in myself as well, I'll go to a place and it's about that curiosity worldview as well. Again, yeah. I want to seek the thing I haven't sought before. I want to experience the thing I haven't experienced before. And very much that enables me to overcome a fear if I tap into that curiosity different element. But I also love when someone, even if I don't agree with the angle, I'm like, maybe not. I love when someone shares something different. Like I'm a big hater of like, social media regurgitation or or like oh. my whole career once again it's but it's in every part of my life it's not just my career it's all parts of me number one value this idea of doing it a dime a dozen it just doesn't work in this world anymore like whatever the earth's natal chart is moving away from this energy of copying or we're as unique as a fingerprint and the more you know I hear things like in the business world but like social media's play to play or each year I do the same strategies that I learn about and it gets harder and harder to get the same results, especially if you're like earlier in your business. But that's only by following the old way because hundreds of thousands more people each year rush into the same industries to do the same things for the same people. It just means your slice of the pie is getting thinner. Of course, that feels hard. It is hard. But if you do your own thing, you find your own place, like people's needs are finite, but there's always like a new status quo. This is like my not only my work, but my life purpose very much. This idea of we don't need more of the same stuff. We need a new, talking about this a lot lately, maybe I have an activation in this space going on right now, but we don't need, we don't need more of the same stuff. There's this demand and this call for a new world. And I know it's like the Aquarian age and I'm Aquarius moon. Maybe it's something in that sort of space. We've been talking about this in, in our DMs, but what we need is a different world and we hear when we think of different worlds there's the violent a violent revolution that could make a different world there's a waiting for us someone else to come up you know with a silver bullet scientific discovery or there is selling a new item that does or, or new service or new experience a new thing that does something differently and when people adopt it it changes behavior. That's the way to change. Business is the best, a unique business is the best way to change the world because you can actually bring something new. Think of what does everybody do and how do I feel about that? This idea of like opinions are like buttholes, everyone has one or like giving you two cents. It's so cheap because once again, we all have opinions, but actually you can use that. That's a gift. There's an abundant, the fact that you have abundance of opinions can be used. Think about all the things that you 
love that could be better or that you hate and think, well, what could it be instead? Or what would be the better version if it's something that you love? Make that. If, that's, if that is important to you beyond your, it's not just a literal two cents where you're like, that's an interesting thing, move on. But if it's something that's important to you, it's like, I really believe that's the thing you can bring to the world. And like, for me, this is like so tied to my own purpose and my own way I live. When I'm loving others, when I see others doing that, I'm like, yes, bring me, I want to live in the world you make. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely tapped into something there that's like deep in my core. Oh my goodness. And trusting that and being confident in that. And you're in a beautiful place where this is what you're living and breathing. And I'm sure that throughout your journey to date, there would have been times where you maybe questioned your way of thinking, or you maybe were like, I'm thinking this way. Why are other people thinking this way? Hidden emotions or fear around uncertainty or feeling confident enough to go. Whereas you're in this really magical place now where you trust your beliefs, your values, your ideas, the gifts that you bring to the world, the gifts you can unearth in others and really tapping into some of these unorthodox philosophies. And that's the really cool thing. Definitely when I was younger, like it's always where I've sparked new friendship. When I tap into that in the good way, it's always been such a powerful catalyst for me because that's me in my power. Whereas if I think of in particular teen life, when it's all about how we belong for the first time and a very much a sacrifice of identity <laughs> before we even get to a point of working out identity. And I very much felt that the shadow side of this so strongly during that time, because I was like, I'm different. I would try to be like others, but then I didn't really want that I wasn't aligned with me so I didn't do it I didn't do it well and I didn't like it and so it was like there was this splitting of kind of self it felt fragmented to show up that way as well but when we sit in that sweet spot it feels so much better (laughs) so much nicer and definitely the older I get the more I see oh this is I can actually show this for others now it's so powerful to sit in the thing that you can see. And there's times for each individual interest on its own is, is very gut, like ordinary. But it's that combination that allows you to see things that only you can see. And I think there's a lot of magic in there for sure. When you explore the low vibrational aspects of a natal chart or elements or the shadowy parts of it, you have a greater understanding. A real turning point in this is this idea of pioneering the, f- the first time you do something for the f- for the very first time that no one else has done that's where discovery innovation novelty newness excitement change for the often for the better maybe not always we don't know yet but when you're on the edge no one knows it's okay to not know that actually doesn't matter yeah as long as you're doing ju- your due diligence <laughs> to explore it's okay yeah. to not know and we have especially for women there's this like imposter syndrome but also when you're on the edge of something, regardless, male or female, you uh, experience this edge and that edge is very uncertain. And so there's lack of clarity and all of those other things. But if you just keep going, if it feels aligned and you're doing your due diligence and you just keep going, it's fine to not know. But you can just say, you can say that honestly. You don't have to be like, I'm the expert in this unknown area. You can be like, I think this unknown is worth exploring here's what I'm seeing that I think is interesting. Like you don't have to always show up in a certain way when you're in the unknown. Mm-hmm. I see it heaps in business, of course, especially in people creating new businesses for the first time. But at the same time, it's just, that's what a pioneer is and it's what a pioneer does. And that's fine. It, you don't have to show up in this specific. We've got this really social requirement that to lead can't be from 
a place of there's like perfectionism in leadership that you have to come up as no mistakes, no stone unturned, like entering now the startup world. It is strange to me how obsessed with uh, failure it is, like the like fuck up nights, failure event. And I, like I get that failure plays an important role. Don't get me wrong; you definitely don't want to be afraid of it. But the obsession with it is bizarre. Like I find from coming from my particular angle, like that is just so strange to me that we spend like that world spends so much time on it, and it spend more time focusing on what you're trying to create. What is working? Pushing further into the unknown, not that I don't know. It's a very weird energy I'm discovering. I hope this episode sheds some light on not just the shadowy parts of yourself, but also the parts of you that are so damn magic. I loved hearing Mel's perspective on her experiences, but also her take on Lilith and how it manifests in her life. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message at hello at christygray.com. Next week, we have a full moon in Capricorn to explore plus a listener question. And this has been submitted with no strings attached. You can also submit your own at 04317Venus directly from the show notes below. I'm already counting down for next week's hotline call. 